to the Last Gen Podcast brought to you by Miracle Word Ministries. These episodes are specifically created with students in mind. More than ever before, we must know why we believe what we believe, build strong faith, and stay on fire for God. We know that Jesus is coming soon, and we're going to live like this is the last generation. Are you ready? Let's go. Look who it is. Back again. You keep coming back. Why? I don't know. But I'm glad to have you back on. My name is Alex Iaquinto on behalf of Miracle Word Ministries, and you're listening to The Last Gen Podcast. That intro lady does it better. The Last Gen Podcast. Um, today's going to be a good one. Um, it's part two of, uh, of, of uh, what is it, huge prayer mistakes and how to avoid them. If you listen to last week's episode, I really did think that I was going to get through it all. And like and I and I even said like it was going to be a shorter than average episode. Man, was I mistaken. Um <laughs> as I usually am. Um but I want to welcome you on. If this is your first time, um welcome because uh we love you. Even if we don't know who you are, we love you. This is a podcast specifically designed with students in mind. So we're talking about youth, young adults, I mean, as as young as middle school, as old as college, and I even know some 30-something-year-olds, and hey, hey, who's to say what young is? Amen? Right? Who who really is young? Um, so if you feel young, you can, uh, you can listen to this. It's, it's all about how you feel in the heart, you know, young at heart. So we have a ton of people listening, um, but what we do, what I do, and what all the the hosts of the Last Gen Podcast do, we our goal really is to see a generation of Holy Ghost men and women rise up with the fire of God to take their generation for Jesus, do what God's called them to do, impart faith into them to run the race. Because we really do feel like, I mean, not feel like, we know if... The, as the lady said in the intro, Jesus is coming back soon, and I believe in our lifetime. So, you know, it's important that we, we, we're not going to be, we have to be the generation, if we're going to see Jesus return, we have to be the generation that's spotless, that's without blemish. He's coming back for a glorious church, not a broken, beaten up church. So that's going to be us. We're going to be the glorious church that Jesus is coming for. And that's that's really my job is to is to build you up, and um, Evangelist Preston, I, that's that's what his goal is. It's um, Evangelist Carolyn Shuttlesworth. We've got Lilia on here. Did one or two actually one and a half because I you know we did the dual thing so she gets like half credit for that. Basically, like she gets like twenty five. I I kind of carry that. You know what? Just give the whole point to me. Um, <laughs> but we got a we got a variety of hosts. Um, and, uh, this is, this is not only, I believe that this is not only just going to become a podcast, but it's going to become a movement. And you say, oh, that's big, Alex. Yeah, that's big. When, when we do something as believers, especially, listen, especially if you've ever been around, um, Miracle Word Ministries for any amount of time, they don't, you know, my uncle and my aunt and Miracle Word Ministries as a whole doesn't do anything small and slowly and not meant for growth. And, you know, this is really a small podcast. No. 
I mean, th- that's just not how it works. If if they announce that they're doing something, the next week it's done and it's and ex- it explodes because God blesses uh, efficiency, and He blesses a big vision. So I've got a big vision for this. No, I'm not even just going to call it a podcast. Yes, we have a podcast, but but I, I see this going way further than that, and I'm glad you're a part of it. All I would say to you is stick around. I think this is the uh, and and we're, we'll get into it. I won't make this like four hours long because I'm just talking. Um, but I really feel like <laughs> spending your time listening to the word of God. And I tweeted this. I'll actually pull up the thing that I said on Twitter because, uh, it's true. It needs to be said. I said, here's a thought. Stop encouraging kids to put school and academics number one in their lives. You're teaching them to be first public school servants and second servants of God. Then I put Matthew 6.33, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And then the, the last part of that verse, and all these other things will be added unto you. So the what you're doing right now, listening to the word of God, letting the word of God get into your spirit, hearing, hearing what the Bible has to say about things, not about you know how you think about topics and stuff like that. That's the number one greatest thing you could be doing with your time, bar none. It's not school. If you're listening to this while you're in school, you've chose the higher way, amen? And I'm not saying slack on school. You should do everything in excellence, school including, included. But the word of God should come first. Your devotion to God should come first, not homework, you know, whatever seeker-sensitive youth pastor has told you, you know, really just, <laughs> I couldn't make youth group today because I was going to a basketball game. Oh, that's fine. I totally understand you know, you've got a future in basketball. Huh, what? Hold on. <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't come to church. You know, I had a ton of homework. Oh, that's totally understand, bro. I totally understand, bro. You should put school first. You're not going to hear me tell you that. And I'm not saying you should just be listening to, to the last gen or whatever, but I'm saying the word of God's important. What you're doing right now, what you've chosen to do, set aside time in your day to listen to just under an hour of the word of God. There's no way God doesn't reward you for that. Like there's zero way. And not only that, you'll grow in faith that that other people won't. So just have your expectation high that if you do things that others won't do, you'll get things that others won't get. All right. So getting into this (laughs) long intro, um, we started, we started, um, last week, the episode was called the episode was called um huge prayer mistakes and how to avoid them huge prayer mistakes and how to avoid them so i said there was going to be 5 we only got to 2 last week because um i was at a hotel i was in pennsylvania for a revival with my aunt and uncle and the the whole miracle word team was there it was it was it was a great time um we were there and I was in the hotel for a couple days and I had to make checkout time and I didn't, you know, I didn't even think that I would was going to ask for a for late checkout but <laughs> I was like it was like 11 o'clock. I had to check out by 12 and my stuff was not packed. Like let me tell you, if there's one thing I hate, it's packing, which is, you know, a great thing for someone who feels to become an evangelist. Um <laughs> but oh, sorry. Sorry about that. But so I was like sitting there, I was like, there is no way, there's no way 
said I'm going to do it. And so I said it was going to be short, and I was going to I was going to get all five in 30 minutes. But there was, you know, it turned out I like the topic too much. All right, before we get into it, on Instagram, follow our Instagram, the.last.gen on Instagram. I said I would shout some people out. The first people to um, write their name in the little question box on Instagram on the story. I told you I'd shout you out, and I keep my promises. Um, so... I said it was just going to be one. I said, put your name and uh, where you listen from, where you live. And I just said there was going to be one. But literally in in one like minute, in one minute, in, in the span of 60 seconds, three people commented. And I was like, there's no way. I can't. I mean, I can't just rely on Instagram. They're, they're liars. Facebook could be lying to me like they are to everything else about everything else. Um, so <laughs> I'll just shout all three of you out. All right. So, and I'm going to include their Instagram. So listen, if I don't shout you out, I want you to follow these people. These are great people. I love you. I love all of them. So first person shouting out Lyric Salinas from San Antonio, Texas. Her Instagram is Lyric, L-Y-R-I-C-S-A-L-I-N-A-S underscore. Lyric Salinas underscore. Salinas underscore. All right, then we got Zephan Riser from Fairmont, West Virginia, and his Instagram is Zephy, so Z-E-P-H-Y underscore Aloha808, so follow him up. He's a great guy. And then we've got John Luke Carter from, Tis- T- I got to get this right, Tiskilwa, Tiskilwa, Illinois, Tiskilwa. DM me, John, and help me out with that. I don't want to look like an idiot. John Luke. So follow his thing. That's John L-U-K-9. So follow those three people. All right. So there's a little shout-out moment right there. Let's get everyone in the last-gen family connected. Get to know each other. We're going to be around each other a lot, so might as well like everyone. Amen. All right, let's get into it. We got to two points. We did five, so the, the title is Five Huge Prayer Mistakes and How to Avoid Them, Part 2. Last week, we got to one and two. Now we're going to get to three, four, and five. Just as a recap, a hu- huge prayer mistakes. These are huge prayer mistakes that I see youth make all the time, and it's really sad because prayer is... is <laughs> I don't have to tell you how important prayer is, um, but it is important. It is the... Like literally, the food. I mean, not not the food. It's like I heard I heard someone say, um, a man of God say this, and it stuck with me. Someone came up to him and asked him, "What's more important, brother, praying or reading the Word?" And he said, "Well, let me ask you something. What's more important, breathing in or breathing out? Try to pick just one, and see how it works for you." In my mind, reading the word is like breathing in, and prayer is like breathing out. I mean, you have to have them both. So prayer is vital in the life of a believer, and you will see, like, no victory in your life if you don't pray. So we got into one and two. So the recap for those, we did number one, the first huge prayer mistake that I see all the time and that I've made before is number one, jumping straight into prayer requests without praising God, without thanking Him, without praying in the Spirit. Um, that That's a huge one. And obviously, if you have not listened to the last one, go back and listen to it. 
Um, and then the next one that we did, number two, we did <laughs> talking just to talk. Talking just to talk in prayer. Those are <laughs> religious people who uh, want to fill time in prayer, so they just mumble words that they've heard other people pray. <laughs> so, yeah, those are the two that we've done. All right, we're going to get into three, four, and five today. And I like these. It was it was really hard for me to choose which one I was going to include in last week and this week. So we'll get into it. Number three, all right? Number three, huge prayer mistake and how to avoid it. Number three is praying to Jesus. Huge prayer mistake, praying to Jesus. And I already know some people are like, what do you mean? What do you mean praying? Why, why can't we pray to Jesus? Jesus is God. Why can't we pray to Jesus? But you always have, and it's not just, it's not just uh, Christians, but pastors do this. Evangelists do this. All ministry gifts do this, which is baffling because there's specific commands in scripture. Okay, so this is how it goes. People say, they'll get up to pray. Oh, Jesus, we just ask you, er, wrong, already wrong. Jesus, we just ask you to bless it. Nope. Uh, 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 uh. Let me get an air horn. I need an air horn. That's what I want to do. I need to get an air horn. Uh, wrong. Wrong. Already, 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 already wrong. <laughs> I need to have on my keyboard like controls so I can play sounds. That would, I, that's what I want. That's next, next week I'll have that. Mark my words. <laughs> That is unscriptural. And right now I can already tell people are like, what? What are you talking about, Alex? I want you to go to the book of John, chapter 16 and verse 23. Book of John, chapter 16 and verse 23. This is Jesus speaking. And listen to what he has to say, because he's Jesus. All right. He says this, in that day, what is that day? That day means, he, he's speaking of when the Holy Spirit comes, right? So he's speaking of this whole pericope, which just means thought. What Jesus is was uh, teaching on is when the Holy Spirit comes. So right there, we already realize that he's speaking of our dispensation, of the Holy Spirit. That's, that's the dispensation where we live in, where the Holy Spirit is active, the church age. That's where we live in. So he's speaking. In that day, whose day? Our day. In that day, you'll ask me of nothing. You'll ask nothing of me. New Living says, you won't need to ask me for anything. Truly, truly, I say to you, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give it to you. I want to read that again. Let's read the whole thing in New Living. At that time, you won't need to ask me for anything. I tell you the truth, whatever you ask the Father directly, he will grant your request because you use my name. So right there, Jesus saying, he's saying, he's literally saying to the church, he's saying to you, he's saying to Alex, he's saying to you that are listening, don't ask me of anything. Why? Because Jesus told us to. So when people get up, oh Jesus, we just ask you to bless the, no. And it's, and it's not actually trivial. 
It's not uh, something that's like, okay, you're going a little, that's a bit legalistic, don't you think, Alex? Well, why did Jesus waste paper then? He didn't have to say that in his inspired and errant word of God. He said that for a reason. <laughs> so Jesus thought it was important enough to tell the church. So it's important for enough for us to follow it. In that day, you'll ask me of nothing. You'll ask nothing from me. But I truly, I say to you, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give it to you. I think there's a big confusion that is unnecessary in the body of Christ. And uh, it doesn't help because it doesn't help uh, as you go younger and younger in the age groups. Like, you know, people who have been in church for 50 years are confused about this, let alone new believers who are 16, 17, and 18. There's this huge confusion about the Trinity, right? We believe, and, and it's found in Scripture, solid Bible doctrine, one of the core fundamental beliefs of the church, not Pentecostals, the church at large, Christianity, is that we have one God in three persons, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. They're three distinct persons, but they are all God, right? And and it's whenever anyone tries to explain this, they, they make it weird. They make it unnecessar- unnecessarily complicated or, or just confusing. Like, think about it like this. Like, there's, there's like a cloud and you've got water and liquid and, and uh, you've, got, you've got water and you've got mist and you've got ice. They're all H2O but different forms. I mean, that's not even – no, there are three distinct persons. The person of the Holy Spirit. The person of God the Father, the person of Jesus Christ. You could say it like this, the personality. They've got personalities. They're people, persons, right? And they're distinct in that you see in Scripture. They're they're very clearly distinct. You see it at Jesus' baptism. Jesus is baptized in water. He comes up out of the water. The Holy Spirit descends on him in bodily form like a dove. He's not a dove. And you hear the voice of God the Father. This is my Son, in whom I'm well pleased. So you see all of the Trinity right there. Right there in Scripture, in the same passage. So the Trinity is important. But it's not, they're not interchangeable. Like, Like I heard a pastor, like this week, say like, um, I don't even know, it was, it was so weird, but it was like, he was like, you realize when we talk about when we talk about um, the Holy Spirit, and I just said Jesus, you know that they're the same thing, right? And I was sitting there thinking, like, what? <laughs> you can't. You obviously can't just switch out Jesus and the Holy Spirit. You can't. They're not the same. They are not the same. Why is it you can't just switch out like like this? People say it all the time. Like, uh, they'll say, like, oh, Jesus, Heavenly Father. Like, Jesus isn't your Heavenly Father. I, I, here, here's, here's a good way to think about it and to understand the relationship you have with the Trinity, which is amazing. Like, we could take a whole podcast on this. Think about this. If you're ever confused about the Trinity and your relation to the Trinity, to God, the Godhead, think about this. God is your Father. 
Jesus is your older brother and the Holy Spirit is your helper. All right? God, the Father, Jesus, your older brother, Holy Spirit, the helper. You see that clearly in Scripture. God, the Father, that's not disputed. Jesus, the elder brother, he was the firstborn among many brethren. He's the older brother, elder brother. That's what that means. And the Holy Spirit is called the advocate, the parakletos in the Greek, the comforter, the helper. So he's your helper. So so when, <laughs> when we talk about the distinct persons of the Trinity, we can't just change it out. Like, you know, Holy Spirit, we just ask you, God, the Father, you ask the Father in Jesus' name. That's what he says right there, very clearly. In that day, you'll ask nothing of me. Truly, I say to you, whatever you ask the Father in my name. So let me give you a blueprint. This is how to pray scripturally. Let's say I was praying for a promotion at work, all right? I wouldn't say, oh, Jesus, I just want a promotion or Holy Spirit, make it happen. I'd say, Father, in Jesus' name, I ask you for a promotion at work. And then he, he promised right there. Whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give it to you. And just very briefly, why that's important that you use the name of Jesus is because think about the name of Jesus as an entry ticket into the presence of God. When you were saved, you became in Christ. You were, you were uh, crucified with Christ. You were buried with Christ. And we'll get into an episode on Pauline Revelation on the whole in Christ or with Christ, if that's ever confused you. We'll do a whole nother episode on that, so don't get hung up on that. But you are now in Christ. Christ is the head of the church, right? You're seated with Christ. So <laughs> think about this. This is so powerful. This is so powerful. Le take your whole day to just think about this. If, if I could leave you with anything on this first point, think about this. When you go, the Bible says in the book of Hebrews, Boldly, come boldly before the throne of grace that you may acquire help in the time of need. Go boldly before the throne room of grace. So imagine when you go into prayer, you're literally stepping in to the throne room of God. Not, not, not like metaphorically. No, no. You're stepping into the throne room of God, right? And when God sees you, he doesn't see a dirty sinner. He doesn't see... You know, just old James or just old Mark, just old Alex, the old sinner. He doesn't see, oh, that's, you know, that's just him. He just wants something again. No, no, no. When you walk into the throne room of grace and ask God for something in prayer, when he sees you, he doesn't see you. He sees Jesus. In God's eyes, there's no difference between the believer and Jesus in prayer. When you come before God in prayer, because you're in Christ and you use the name of Jesus, that at the mention of the name, every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. When you use that name, God said, because you use that name, I've given you that name to use. And when you use it, I'll answer. Why? Because in the name of Jesus, like if I came, if I were a, um, a representative, if I were um, from a foreign country, all right, let's say I'm American, which I am, and I'm going to China, which I'm not. I would go as an um, ambassador, so on behalf of the nation 
of the United States. So I'd go and I would say, I come in the name of the United States. What am I doing? I'm representing. When they see me, they're seeing the United States. I speak from the United States. I speak for the United States. So when I come to, to let's say if I come to the quote-unquote president of China, <laughs> um, if I go to him and I say, I come in the name of the United States of America, he's going to deal with me like he would with the United States, like he would with, with Joe Biden, with President Biden or whoever the president is. He would deal with me like that because behind me, it's not just, I'm not just Alex. I'm Alex coming in the name of Jesus. So I'm representing. I've got the name. If I, if I didn't have in the name of the United States, he wouldn't take me seriously at all. Say, so who, who are you coming into the, 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 coming to the president of this great nation? Who are you? You're unknown to me. But when I come in the name of the United States, that's a, that's a global superpower. That has a name. You know, you say the United States anywhere. You say America. People know it's the greatest superpower in the world, the United States. So when I come in the, the name of the United States, people know, okay, he's not a joke. He's, he's for real. That means I was appointed by, by a serious person as an ambassador. So when you come to God the Father, you're not just a nobody. Lord, that's why it says, that's why it says come boldly before the throne. Come boldly before the throne. So you're not just, Lord, we're so unworthy. Jesus, help. No, 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 you're not unworthy. You were unworthy. He made you worthy. So don't come timidly. That's why it says come boldly before the throne of grace. And I don't know how I got into that, but use the name of Jesus. That's your entry ticket. And it's the assurance that what you say will happen. In my name, they'll cast out demons. They'll lay their hands on the sick and they shall recover. In my name, that's the important key. That's why when, when, uh, when the seven sons of Sceva said, in the name of Jesus, whom Paul preaches, that meant nothing. Because it's based on some, some other revelation. It's twice removed. No, no, no. Jesus has to be real to you. He has to be your elder brother. In the name of Jesus, I ask you, Father. So don't pray to Jesus asking him things. Yes, you, you can worship Jesus. Of course, he's God. Just as much as the Father, just as much as the Holy Spirit. You can praise Jesus. You can thank Jesus. But he, he clearly said, do not ask me of anything. Do not ask anything from me. Ask the Father in my name. All right, moving on. Point number two, huge prayer mistake. And how to avoid it? Which, well, it's actually number, number four. Not using the Bible to pray. Number four, not using the Bible to pray. I've, I've noticed something in my own personal life recently is that more and more and um, more and more when I've been in prayer, I've, I've, uh, it's, it's weird. You know, just like I said in the beginning, you can't mutually exclusively just pray or just read the Bible. You have to do both. You have to do both. Read the word and pray. But I think a lot of the times people can separate them so much. Like, no, no, no. This is my reading time. And I will not pray during this reading time. And this is my prayer time. And I will not read during this prayer time. 
But you have to understand that the, <laughs> the word of God is very powerful. So when we're talking about prayer, you actually cannot pray without the word of God. Your words mean nothing without the word of God. So what I've found recently is that I've been in prayer, bringing my Bible, having it close by, having it open, open, because what you have to understand, you have, when you, when you pray, you can't just ask anything. You have to ask according to his word, according to his word. That's what Jesus said. According to his will, which is his word. His word is his will. So if you're going to pray something in faith, ask God for something, believe for something, you've got to be standing on scripture. It's not going to just come alone of its own accord because it's something you want. It's got to be found in the word of God. Kenneth Hagin gave a, um, always gave a, an example of this. He said when he went to a church one time, after he had done teaching and preaching, he'd gone down off the platform, and a man from the congregation came to him and said, Brother Hagin, I'd like to agree, I, I would like you to agree with me in prayer. And, and Brother Hagin said, what about? What would you like me to agree with you about? And uh, he said, <laughs> he said, the man turned around and he pointed to a lady in the congregation, and he said, I want you to b- believe with me, Brother Hagin, that that woman that I will be married to that woman, that I'll have that woman as my wife. And Brother Hagin said, well, there's only one problem. And he said, what's that? He said, that woman is married, and so are you. (laughs) So he said, I'm not going to pray. Because what's the use in praying? You don't pray against the will of God. You don't pray against the will of God. You cannot pray something that's not in the Bible. Let me look up a scripture. It's 1 John chapter 5 and verse 14. This is 1 John chapter 5 and verse 14. John is elaborating on what Jesus started when he started teaching about prayer. Jesus said, "Ask anything in my name and and I will get and and you will have it. Ask anything in my name." And this is what John says. In his epistle, 1 John 5, 14, he says, This is the confidence that we have towards him, that's God, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. Next verse. And we know that if he hears us in whatever we ask, we know that we have the request that we have asked of him. But you have to catch that in the last verse. It's not just anything. It's pray If we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. Now, you would not know what to pray. You would not know what the will of God is and thus not know what to pray if you did not have the word of God. If you didn't have the word of God, you couldn't pray. So that's why it's so important. When you go to pray, you have to use scripture. You have to use scripture because scripture is what you stand on. God said, come, let us reason together. God is, God is, he's not just some like, oh, I'm picking and choosing which prayer to answer. No, if he said it in his word, he's going to answer it. He, he said this, actually, in the Bible. He said, put me in remembrance of my word. That's what God said to, he, he, to us. Put me in remembrance of my word. 
What does that mean? That means, Father, you said in your word that we could have healing. You said in your word that by his stripes we are healed. You said in your word that the blessing of the Lord maketh rich and adds no sorrow. You said in your word. And then claim whatever's in the word that you need. But you have to have the word. You have to have the word. So I've been finding that in prayer, I will have my Bible close to me. And I'll have it open for two reasons. Number one, because you have to have scripture. If you haven't memorized the scripture, which you can do, it's good to have the Bible with you. Take your Bible with you wherever you go to pray. Find scriptures. That's why, that's why um, my aunt and uncle put together what, what are called prayer points. Prayer points. There's a hundred prayer points. If you get the Miracle Word app... You can go in there, and one of the one of the sections there is prayer points, and there's a hundred of them with scripture references, and that'll help you not only know how to pray or to kickstart your prayer time, but it'll show you, okay, this is where it says that in the Word of God. This is where it says that in the Word of God. I know I'm right in asking this. Like if if God never said that we could be healed then you, have, you would have no right to ask for healing. No right. But since he said it, we can claim it. Not only that, so that's the first reason I bring my Bible. The second reason is because of a scripture in John chapter 16. We're back in John chapter 16. and verse 23. Actually, no, no, not 23. 20, no, <laughs> John chapter 14, sorry. I've got like all these scriptures out here. I don't put them in in points like um, one to five because I know that I'm going to go back and forth and back. So I just have all the scriptures open and when I want it, I'm just going to go do it. So this is um, John chapter 14, verse 26. This is the second reason I always bring my Bible with me in prayer. John 14, 26. This is Jesus speaking of the Holy Spirit again. He says, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things. And listen to this, get this. Bring to your remembrance all that I've said to you. I'll read that in the New Living. That was the ESV. This is the New Living. But when the Father sends the advocate as my representative, that is the Holy Spirit, he will teach you everything and will remind you of everything I've told you. So what Jesus is teaching us something very important about the role of the Holy Spirit is that one of the main roles of the Holy Spirit is a guide. That's, that's John 16, 13. When the, the Holy Spirit comes, the Spirit of truth, he'll lead and guide you into all truth. He's a guide. But here's a, a distinct function of that guide quality of the Holy Spirit. He says he'll remind you of things that I've told you. So what's the Holy Spirit doing? He's reminding the believer of the word of God. He's bringing to your remembrance the word of God. So catch this. When you pray, have you, let me just ask you this. Have you ever been going about your day or, or you know, you were doing whatever and uh, you're thinking about something or you're about to pray about something and then a scripture verse just comes to your spirit? Maybe sometimes it's a scripture verse that you have never, uh, you, you've not really studied, you know, just comes to your spirit. Or it's a scripture verse that you have memorized. Comes to your spirit. 
Just like that. And then you are supposed to pray that scripture. What's happening there? The Holy Spirit is bringing to your remembrance the word of God. He's literally, think about this. He's literally guiding you through scripture. Like I'll have my Bible open when I pray and I'll, I'll just get a scripture, come to my spirit. And then I go to that scripture. I read it. I think, okay, what does this mean? You know, and, and I think about it. I, I keep it in my spirit. I pray about it. And then, and then the Holy Spirit will take me somewhere else that, that he'll remind me of another scripture. And then, you know, before long, it's like, it, I, I, I was talking to a great friend of mine who was, we, we were talking about this and I said, it's almost like the Holy Spirit will take you on a, a guided tour through the Bible, a guided tour through the Bible. Why? Because he will teach you all things. He, the Holy Spirit opens your eyes to the scripture. So, so don't treat prayer and, and the word completely separate. Like, no, this is the word time. This is prayer time. You're supposed to read the word prayerfully. <laughs> And, and you're supposed to pray the scriptures. So, and if you don't pray, like, this point is entitled praying without the Bible. Now, if you don't pray with any, any Bible, you know, you're not praying with any verse, you're not praying with it, you're not standing on any verse, you're not, you're not praying any, any promise that God's made through his word, then you're going just, you're just, you know, you're just talking at that point. You're just talking. You're going without any sight. You're going with you're just blindly praying. I hope you will you'll heal me. I hope you'll do this. It's like find the word of God on it and then you don't have to hope. <laughs> There's no hoping. There's no guesswork involved. It's just so much easier. People make it so hard on themselves. God has provided like everything you'll ever need in the word of God. You've got to pray with the Bible. So a huge mistake is praying without the Bible. All right? Number five, problem number five, and the final um, mistake that we see in prayer in young people, huge mistake, number five. Pull out my notes. By the way, my notes, it is literally a list. Number one, jumping into prayer requests. Number two, talking just to talk. Number three, praying to Jesus. Number four, not using the Bible to pray. And number five, praying sad or praying defeated. So just letting you know, I don't have like, some people have like a whole outline of notes, which like almost just a speech. Buddy, if you saw my notes, it would look like a whole bunch of white. Um, so number five, praying sad. Praying sad. This is a huge thing. Huge thing. Huge mistake. Huge, huge, huge mistake. Because if you, and I'm going to be careful with this because people can misinterpret this and say, you know, you just have no heart, Alex. You don't understand what's going on. No, I understand. You don't get it. You don't get what's happening in my life. No, I get it. But <laughs> it is impossible to pray defeated 
and sad in faith. You cannot be in both. You cannot be in faith believing that God's going to save you. God's going to turn your situation around. God's going to provide for you. God's going to heal you. God's going to bless you. You cannot pray in faith and simultaneously be sad. Be distraught is a better word. Be defeated. There's always... (laughs) Kenneth Hagin, Brother Kenneth Hagin, and you can tell I listen to him a lot because I, I, I quote him a lot. But he always talked about two camps or two two sides of a ditch that he'd find there's a lot of people who are, you know, they're completely wrong on one side of the ditch. And then there's other people who are completely wrong on the other side of the ditch, meaning they've like gone to the other extreme. They're extremely wrong this way or they're extremely wrong that way. But he said, why can't we just be in the middle of the ditch? You'll find there's like two camps of people of prayer right? On one side, there's people who pray very religiously, very religiously, stiff, very stiff, very no emotion at all. Father, we come in the name of Jesus, and we thank you for the blessings that you've provided for us. And they speak words that, like they use words that they wouldn't even use to their mother, I'm not talking about curse words. I'm saying like, I'm saying like they try to use King James English, Elizabethan English as if God likes that kind of language. We already covered that. He does not. Unless you're, you're from 1862, don't, don't try to pull that. That's religious. But There's two camps, right? So there's the there's people who will pray very religiously, very no emotion. I'm not going to bring up anything. It's just straight up just I'm just it's robotic, right? Robotic prayer. And then you have the other camp, which I think is more annoying. <laughs> and that is the camp of people who are very they're so <laughs> I'm trying to find a way to put this respectfully. They're so emotional, soulish, defeated, weak, broken, good for nothing. No, <laughs> respectfully, though. No, it's like the other side would be always crying in prayer and not, not in like a I feel the spirit way, like in a I'm broken, I need help, like a, like a, Like, always, Lord, I'm just so broken. I'm so unworthy, Lord. You're so worthy. I'm so unworthy. We need your help. This nation is in destruction. Did you see what they said about the vaccines? Lord, Joe Biden got elected. What are we going to do? So soulish. So, I don't know, I trying to find stronger words you know what I mean you know what I mean it's like they come from a good intention like let's say that they are fed up with a situation 
They're fed up with a sickness in their body. And, and I use sickness and disease just to show you very plainly because, because it's very easy to see. We know the will of God on healing, right? So I use that as an example. But this works for anything. Prosperity, this works for joy, this works for anything that the word of God has promised you. I just use it as an example because it's easy to, to, uh, to show people. They come from the right intentions. They're fed up with something that the devil is doing, right? That's a good intention. You should be fed up. You should want the will of God done. But then they go to prayer. Lord, I'm just so sick. I need your help. Lord, we're so broken. <laughs> Lord, do you see what the Democrats are doing? Do you see what the wicked people are doing? It's like, just whining. That's it. It's whining, masquerading as prayer. And the reason I say that is a huge mistake, huge mistake, is because you'll find, you'll find the same people praying those same things. They pray once and they're defeated. The next time they're in prayer, they're praying the same thing and they say, sound the same way, defeated. Ten years down the road, they're praying the same thing, hasn't happened, and they sound defeated. That is a problem. I don't think people understand that when prayers are going unanswered, that's, that's not normal. You know, we make it out to, some people make it out to, to be like, oh, that's so, like, like it was a huge deal that prayers are answered. And that is a huge deal, don't get me wrong, that is a... A miracle when, when prayers are answered. No, no other God does that. It shows that God's real. But what I'm saying is people act like it was a surprise. Like that's like an unusual thing. Oh, I prayed this and it actually happened? Yeah. Yep. That, yep. Mm-hmm. That's like the point. Yeah, that's, you know, it's kind of what prayer means, you know? And so, and then they treat it like, if, if your prayers don't get answered, that's par for the course. No, actually think about it like this. If I pray and nothing happens, there's something seriously wrong, seriously wrong. Why? Because Jesus said, whatever you ask in my name, I will give it to you. It will be done for you. Whoever says to this mountain, be taken up, be thrown into the sea, it will be done for him. It will. The prayer of a righteous person has great power and it's working. It will be done. Ask and you shall receive. Seek and you shall find. Knock and the door will be opened unto you. Everyone who asks receives. Everyone who seeks finds. Everyone who knocks the door will be open to them. So it's unusual. It's unnormal. It's not normal for a believer to pray in faith and nothing to happen. So you have to realize if something doesn't happen, whose fault is it? Is it God's? Uh, Cue buzzer sound. Er, no, it's not God's. It's not God's fault. It's something on you, right? And 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 understand with me, I'm not like, I'm not saying you, as in you, the listener of this podcast. I know that like, good people. Listen, good, like, people are teachable people. And people who don't get, like, hurt. Like, if, if you realize that there's something, like like me, I've realized many times. I've done something, and I'm like, oh, that was a terrible idea. That was my fault. Like, take responsibility. 
that's a crucial thing in the life of an integral believer, especially youth. Like I, I know you guys are of a different class than other, other. I already, I know that because you, you'd have been gone a long time ago. But if something goes wrong, don't be like God. Why? No, 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 no. If something doesn't get answered, what happened? That was my, that was my fault. If, if I pray and someone doesn't get healed, whose fault is that? Is that God? No, me. So, back on track here. It is unusual for those prayers to not get answered. And a lot of times when you hear defeated Christians, who, they're praying the right thing, but they're praying so incorrectly. Well, there's no actually incorrect way. God knows your heart, bro. No, there's a correct way. Why? <laughs> Why did Jesus say, don't ask in my name? Or he said, you know, he laid out instructions. It's not because God sees your heart, bro. There's, there's right ways to do things and wrong ways to do things. All right? So, people who pray defeated, it's just whining. It's complete whining. And then they, they realize, I mean, they wonder, why aren't my prayers being answered? Why aren't my prayers being answered? I want to take you to important, important verse of scripture. Important. And it's uttered twice. In the Bible. Twice. It's in the book of John. The book of John. 16. 24. Until now, this is Jesus. We've we've pretty much stayed in, in John a lot because John John's gospel has a lot about this. Until now, Jesus said, you've asked nothing in my name. So we've already gone over that. The disciples had asked nothing in his name so far. Listen to this. Listen to this. Ask and you shall receive. And then this is the most important part. That your joy may be full. Ask and you shall receive that your joy may be full. So what is he saying? When you pray, right? We're to believe that we have received, right? So it's almost like you ask someone, how would you act if your prayer was answered instantly? Like you sit down to pray, you pray, and it materializes in front of your face. How would you act? Most people, they would go crazy, like depending on what they ask for. They ask, for, they ask for a car, and instantly a car appears in their driveway. They'd go berserk. They'd go crazy. They'd be so joyful, laughing, happy. So if we're to believe that we have received it, right, then we should act the same way, regardless of what we see in the natural. Well, I don't see it in my driveway. Well, believe that you have received it, not that you're going to, that you have. So you act the way that you would if you saw it. Being fully convinced of these things. So, now compare that to how those people pray. Lord, we just need you to do something in the nation. Next day, Lord, we don't see it. Lord, it just, Lord, we need justice. That's not faith. That is not faith. You cannot be <laughs> defeated and in faith at the same time. This is the faith that, this is the, Thing that overcomes the world, even our faith. Faith. 
Faith is an overcoming force. Faith brings joy. Ask and you shall receive that your joy may be full. And plus, I mean, let's not even get into the fact that God said, enter his gates with thanksgiving into his courts with praise. First of all, you can't praise God sad. It's impossible. I've tried it. It is impossible. One thing, one of two things happens. Either you stop praising God and you sit down or you, the, the sadness, whatever, the depression, the, it all leaves. And you're to enter his gates with thanksgiving to his courts with praise. So once that happens, you should not be sad anymore. You should not be sad anymore. I'm going to take you to one more passage of scripture that I, I love. I love it so much. And then I'll pray for you. We'll wrap it up. One passage of scripture. This is in John again. Wow. Sticking to John. John, and it's in chapter 16 again. So all of these are pretty much like right there. You can find them all. Now I've given you scripture references. I would challenge you. Go, go read them all. Go read them all. John chapter 16. This is the thought that Jesus is giving to his disciples. He's speaking of the fact that he's about to go to be crucified, right? Right? All right. John chapter 16, starting in 16 and ending in 24. So a lot of these, so two of these verses we've read before, but it's going to be in the same thought, right? So John 16, 16, a little while and you will see me no longer. And again, a little while and you will see me. So some of his disciples said to one another, one another, what is this he's saying to us? A little while you'll not see me again. And in a little while you'll see me because I'm going to the father. So they were saying, what does this mean by a little while? We do not know what he's talking about. So Jesus knew what they wanted to ask him. So he said to them, is this what you are asking yourselves? What I meant by saying a little while and you will not see me and a little while and you will see me. Okay, Here, here's where it is. Truly, truly, I say to you, and he's speaking of when he dies on the cross and goes into the grave. This is what he says. Truly, truly, I say to you, you will weep and lament and the world will, re will rejoice. You will be sorrowful. He's speaking of the disciples. When he dies on the cross, he says, you're going you're gonna to weep and you're going to lament. You're going to be sorrowful. And that is mo where most Christians are at. Just that. And then they'll end there. That's how they live their life. Jesus, you just died on the cross. But that's not even where the verse ends. He says, you will be sorrowful, but... Your sorrow will turn to joy. When a woman is giving birth, she has sorrow because her hour has come. But when she has delivered the baby, she no longer remembers the anguish for the joy that that human being, for the joy that the human being has been born into the world. So also you have sorrow now, but I will see you again and your hearts will rejoice and no one will take that joy from you. In that day, you will ask me of nothing. Truly, I say, so what is he saying? The, the, what day? The day of joy. That's what we're living in now. In that day, you'll ask me of nothing. Truly, truly, I say to you, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give it to you. Until now, you've asked nothing in my name. Ask, and you will receive that your joy may be full. So that's why I don't, you know, a, a, a pastor asked me one time, you know, because he knew I believed in faith real strong. And, uh, and people always love to to bring up like, oh yeah, if that's true, if God's always, if joy is always what God wants you to have, you know, he he knew that I I thought joy is is the norm for a believer. You should always be in joy. And if you're not, there's something wrong, 
right? It's not the will of God for you to be depressed or, or anxious or sorrowful about things. That's not, it's not true. So he knew that. And he came up to me um, and he asked me, you know, you, you believe in, in joy, right? And there, that in victory, you believe, you talk about victory all the time and how we're never to be defeated. You know, you say that we're never supposed to be defeated. And then he said, but what about David in the Psalms? You can read through all these Psalms and you see that David is, is constantly defeated. David is constantly, he's constantly um, crying out to God sorrowfully. He's weeping. He's lamenting. You know, we have got the book of Lamentations. We've got, we've got prayers of weeping and, and whining to God, complaining like that. In, in, a, in a defeated way. And he said, if that's true, then what, was David wrong? And I said, I said simply one answer. I just said, that was old covenant. That was, I said, no, I actually said, that was before Jesus. Because you have to understand that everything changed with Jesus. Everything changed. And he even said right there, he said, you will rejoice. I mean, you will be sorrowful when I die, right? But when I usher in the new covenant, when I r- rise from the dead, you will rejoice and no one will take that joy from you. We are now not in a dispensation of crying and whining and pleading. and Because you have to understand, David didn't have the name of Jesus. He didn't have the joy of the Holy Spirit like we do. So when you see quote-unquote defeated prayers in Psalms, those aren't our prayers. Those are David's prayers. We're not to pray like that. We believe that we have received when we ask. You know, I hear people all the time say like, you know, how many are like David and are asking, why, Lord, why is this happening to me? Why crying out to God? Why is my time not come? I, I don't pray those prayers, to be honest, because that, that changed in the new covenant. That changed in the new covenant. Now we have direct access to God. You know, David had to go through, he had to go through the Levitical priesthood. He had to go through all these things. He did. He couldn't just come boldly before the throne of grace. He didn't have the Holy Spirit as an inner witness. He didn't have the word of God. So why, you know, it's like, that's why he was asking, why are these things happening? Now the believer just has to open their Bible. Oh, that's what I did wrong. That's what happened. And you'll find every time that David was suffering, it was because of something he did. I mean, when, when he's crying out to God because of the, the sins that he committed, that's the sins that he chose to commit. So don't always clump everything like, oh, well, I'm like Job. No, you're not like Job, unless you choose to be like Job. Well, Job, you know, well, stop. No, you're not Job. That was like four covenants ago. So, so defeated prayers are not, <laughs> it's not it. <laughs> they don't work because you can't be, you can't be sorrowful. So like, be like, be like uh, Peter. Just be like Peter. Be like Paul and Silas. Well, yes, I'm not denying the fact that things are going wrong. I'm not denying the fact that there's a storm, but I'm sleeping in prison. Man, if, if believers would just get that and actually believe what they say when they say, you know, it doesn't matter the circumstance. We don't walk by sight. You know, people say that we don't walk by sight, but we walk by faith. And then they go into their room. God, you do see when everything's happening. Faith keeps peace. Faith is always in joy. Because if I believe that God's going to rescue me, if I believe that God's going to heal me, what's there to worry about? What's there to worry about? That's not faith. I'm not worried about, listen, I am not worried, like in the slightest. It doesn't matter what what pops up. I'm not not like, oh, do you see that? I mean, 
the way I think about it practically, what's worrying going to do? Nothing. Nothing. That's why Jesus said, don't worry about tomorrow. How many of you, by worrying, will add a single hour to your life? Worrying isn't going to do anything but kill faith. Put blinders on. Put blinders on. Look at the word of God. And in prayer, pray in faith. Like, God, you don't need to tell God, Lord, you see what's happening. No. Lord, your word says, lay out the scripture. Your word says, lay out another scripture. Your word says, lay out another scripture. Now I ask in Jesus' name, and then ask what you will, according to his will, and he'll hear you. And because you name, in the name of Jesus, because you use the name of Jesus, it'll happen. No need to worry. No defeated prayers. Joe Biden is wrecking our nation, Lord. Justice, justice. All right, can I pray for you? Thanks for sticking on for such a long episode. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you for every single person that's listening to this podcast. Lord, I pray, I pray a special blessing over the hungry people, that they would just sit and listen to teaching and preaching unlike other people. Lord, bless them uniquely. I bless them in Jesus' name. Let a new strength come upon them. Let a new hunger to pray come upon them. And I thank you. But they're only gonna they're only gonna experience increase, only gonna experience joy and peace. They don't have to be defeated. We thank you, Lord, that you've given us a better covenant established upon better promises. We thank you in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Listen, thanks for sticking on. I will talk to you later. And check out the Instagram because I want to do an, uh, I'm, I'm doing, we're doing lives more frequently, so, and uh, I just did a 10 minute live, so you know I can keep it under 10 minutes, but you know, this is, this is like, this is the full experience right here on the podcast, so. Go over to the Instagram. We've got reels. We've got um, Instagram lives. We've got questions. We've got giveaways. We just gave away like $300 um, worth of stuff, gift cards, and all sorts of stuff. So, you know, get involved. So, uh, the.last.gen on Instagram. And we're going to be doing some Q&A. So, if, you, if you've got any cues, I've got A's. You know? So, do that. All right. Love you guys. Talk to you later. Oh,